From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is the VK National News Broadcast being broadcast across Australia on VK1WIA. And the WIA National News will be produced right through the New Year Christmas period. But check with your local rebroadcaster as to retransmissions in your area. After tonight, for the next three weeks, VK2WI News will be morning only transmissions with the usual morning lineup VK1WIA, followed by VK2 News plus the ARRLDX News. The transmissions will be at 10am EDST being Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and January 8. Evening transmissions resume Sunday, the 15th of January. But remember, news is available in a free podcast by following the prompts on wia.org.au. Now, the WIA news may be continuing, but the ABC to end shortwave broadcasts. On last week's broadcast, we told you that next month the ABC would turn off its HF signals and deliver its services via satellite and short-range FM transmitters. However, a number of people have criticised the move to stop HF in the top end. And in the Pacific, the ABC Radio Australia's decision to close has been described as only going against the trend in New Zealand and India when new technology is used. The ABC will end shortwave transmissions in the Northern Territory and the Pacific, and as I said, it's been granted with disbelief. The political argument is that there's been a lack of discussion or consultation, leading to consternation and alarm across the NT. The ABC claims dwindling audience numbers on shortwave and it can be received by satellite, but opponents counter it does not work when mobile and is problematic in poor weather. Bureau of Meteorology forecasts and official emergency warnings go off the airwaves when the Catherine, Tennant Creek and Roe Creek transmitters of the ABC's domestic shortwave service end. Meanwhile, your ABC is looking for a new chairman, with the present chair's tenure to end early next year. The Turnbull government has requested the independent nomination panel for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to conduct a selection process to appoint a new chairperson to the ABC board. The request comes as the term of the current chairperson, the Honourable James Spiegelman, ACQC, is due to conclude March 31, 2017. The Linux Conference Australia, promoted as the world's greatest free and open-source software event, will be at Rest Point Convention Centre, Hobart, January 16-20. As part of it is a one-day mini-conference on open radio that will showcase talks and demonstrations on software-defined radio, include amateur radio activities, open-source radio protocols and modulation schemes, design of telemetry transmitters for embedded systems, and adding radio to the Internet of Things projects. Of interest to we VK amateurs who may send QSL cards direct to the UK is word that the UK's regulatory body, Ofcom, has requested destruction of the RSGB callbook 2017. This after Ofcom admitted it released radio amateurs' private home addresses instead of their mailing address in the RSGB yearbook 2017 and the 2017 Call Seeker Plus CD and flash drive. Ofcom has asked the RSGB to destroy all unsold copies of the RSGB Yearbook 2017 and replace those that have already been issued with a corrected edition. 
In WIA business class, up on the wia.org.au website last weekend came news from an ex-vice president of the WIA, Chris Platt, VK5CP. A mediation, chaired by VK5CP, was conducted Saturday the 10th of December 2017. All WIA directors, the WIA treasurer and representatives of the WIA reform group participated. The meeting was unable to resolve the varying positions of the parties, however. Hello. I'm Chris Hendry, VK3PAT, the recently appointed Treasurer of the WIA. The WIA Honorary Treasurers are very disappointed that the Board was unable to achieve mediation on Saturday, December 10. Consequently, the Board has failed to implement the recommendations of the Treasurer's report as previously agreed in its entirety by a clear majority of Board members. This places the Honorary Treasurers in a very difficult position. The Assistant Treasurer and I have given this matter a great deal of thought. The decision regarding our next course of action comes down to one basic premise, and that is to act in the best interest of the members of the WIA. The Honorary Treasurers will act professionally, even though ongoing disunity at board level will make their task more difficult, the Treasurers will continue to work diligently to identify and correct the multiple problems with the WIA's accounts. The continuation of the Honorary Treasurer's services comes with conditions. In view of the increasing deficit, the financial affairs of the WIA are to be placed on a care and maintenance basis, with immediate effect and until further notice. Salaries and utilities expenditure can continue, as well as production and publication of AR magazine, where there are contractual arrangements with advertisers and members. At the time of recording this statement, 124 WIA members have written to the WIA Secretary requesting a general meeting. The direct costs associated with the proposed meeting can proceed. However, the Treasurer will not approve the WIA meeting any legal costs in relation to the general meeting incurred by any Director. Such costs are to be at their own expense. Any other costs are to be approved by the Honorary Treasurer before they are incurred. Otherwise, there is to be no expenditure whatsoever other than absolutely necessary for the WIA to continue operating. The Treasurers believe it is in the interest of the majority of WIA members that the proposed General Meeting should proceed. If there is any attempt to derail or sabotage the proposed general meeting, the honorary treasurers will withdraw their services immediately. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a reminder about licence renewals. My colleague got a shock recently when he received a letter from the Australian Communications and Media Authority saying his licence was cancelled due to non-payment. My colleague was shocked because he didn't receive a letter asking him to renew his licence before it expired. The ACMA is not obliged by legislation to send a reminder notice to renew your licence. Do you, like my colleague, rely on receiving a renewal notice from the ACMA? It is every licensee's responsibility to ensure that your licence is paid up by or before the renewal date. The ACMA's process is to send a renewal notice a few weeks before the licence is due to expire, 
it will be sent to the last valid postal or email address that the ACMA has on record. The ACMA sends notices as a courtesy reminder and to facilitate payment of the renewal fee. It is your responsibility to keep your email, postal and residential address current with the ACMA to receive renewal notices. It is recommended that you note your licence renewal date in your diary. If you don't run a hard copy diary, use the one in your mobile phone or your tablet, laptop or PC, or all of them. Some people have taken the step to change their licence renewal date to their birthday or a date close to their birthday. If your birthday falls on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, you have to be a bit creative. If, for some reason, you don't receive a renewal notice in the month leading up to your licence expiry date, you can request one by contacting the ACMA Customer Service Centre on 1300 850 115 or email info at acma.gov.au. Should you not renew your licence by the due date, there is a window of opportunity of up to 60 days when you can renew your licence by paying the licence fee without penalty. Miss that window and your call sign will be available for reissue and it could be a pain to get it back. So, don't give yourself heart palpitations and risk getting a letter from the ACMA advising that your licence is cancelled. If you can't locate your licence renewal date, call the ACMA on 1300 850-115 and check with them. At the same time, ensure that your current email, postal and residential address are correct. Put your licence renewal date on a calendar. My colleague managed to renew his licence and retain his call sign. Phew! More information is available on the WIA website. Just enter Renewal of Licences in the search window and the link is at the top of the list. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Beijing blocks 7 MHz CWDX. The IARU Region 1 Monitoring System newsletter reports one of Beijing's HF over-the-horizon radars has been transmitting on 6.999 MHz covering CWDX in the 40-metre amateur radio band. The newsletter says a jumping Chinese OTH radar covered the CWDX edge of our exclusive 7 MHz band on November 17th at about 1500 UTC and later, longer lasting, parameters 67 SPS and 10 kHz wide. IARUMS also report the Australian Jindalee Operational Radar Network, JORN, has been heard on 10.131 MHz in the amateur 30 metre band. The Marconi History Site reports JORN was developed by GEC Marconi HF Systems using staff from Chelmsford, Essex. The International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System, IARUMS Region 1 November 2016 newsletter, can be read at the link we like in the text editions of this newscast. Amelia Earhart Expedition HF Transmissions News of HF transmissions from Millie Atoll in the Republic of the Marshall Islands has generated much interest on QRZ.com. 
The announcement generated a flurry of comments at a rate possibly not seen since the code versus no code debates of a decade ago. Les Kinney and Dick Spink are trying to solve the mystery of the disappearance of aviation pioneer Amelia Earhart in 1937 and believe her plane may have come down on the Millie Atoll. On December 15 and 16, they plan to make transmissions on the original shortwave frequencies used by Amelia, 3105 and 6210 kHz. New Zealand's Radio Spectrum Management have released the draft of their Radio Spectrum Outlook document for 2017 to 2021. The objective of this draft Outlook document is to provide an overview of the areas of growth and development in spectrum management, review emerging wireless technologies impacting on the use of radio spectrum, and outline the indicative RSM work program for 2017 to 2021. The Spectrum Outlook also links recent international developments in spectrum allocations with the relevant areas of the work program. RSM welcomes feedback from interested parties on the contents of this draft Spectrum Outlook and closing date for feedback is February 15, 2017. Changes of IARU membership The original Belize IARU member society no longer exists. It was given 180 days to respond to a call in the IARU calendar. In fact, there has been no communications from BARC for 23 years. However, a new organisation having the same name made an IARU membership application. On the recommendation of IARU Region 2, the new Belize Amateur Radio Club complied with the requirements of the Constitution and bylaws of the IARU. A membership vote has been sent to all IARU member societies. Also, the Chinese Radio Sports, CRSA, has now been merged with the Chinese Amateur Radio Club, and on the acceptance of the IARU Region 3, it is now the successor IARU Society. The ITU paid tribute December 12 to 110 years of international cooperation among its member states on the ITU radio regulations an international treaty for governing the use of the radio frequency spectrum and satellite orbits for ubiquitous wireless communications. The ITU radio regulations ensure interference-free operations of radio communication systems and provide all countries with equitable access to the radio spectrum, a scarce natural resource that does not distinguish between national borders and needs to be harmonised globally. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. January 1, MSAT CW Activity Day, 24 hours. All forms of CW are welcome. January CWIA's Rossheim Memorial VHF UHF Contest. Frank Abelman from Denmark and No Two Raw, which is the International Fellowship of Rotarians of Amateur Radio, has advised during the Christmas break until January the 6th is QRV with his Greenlandic call from various places in Europe during business travel. He has already jumped on the Santa train with, for example, PA16XMAS and others that run special calls during the holiday season. Frank combines the radio hobby with info on Rotary to make an impact in the lives of others. As Frank said in his mail to us, enjoy the season. Very 73, Frank, 5P2BA. His email address is in this week's text edition. A look at more Northern VK4 evening regional nets thanks to Townsville Club News. Monday, Mackay Club Net VK4 WIM 3597 kHz from 0930 hours Zulu. Tuesday, Radar Net 
BK4WIR. 3631 Thursday, Sunshine Coast Net, VK4WIS, 3660 kHz from 0930 hours Zulu. Thursday, Harvey Bay Net, VK4CHB, 3615 kHz from 0730 hours Zulu. Friday, Central Highlands Club Net, VK4WCH, 3618 kHz from 0930 hours Zulu. Speaking of the Sunshine Coast, it has been quite some weeks since we've had any callback figures from its holiday zone. Members of the Chile and the expedition team will be active as XR7T from Ascension Island, hopefully in the period January 10 to 17, 2017. The main aim of the expedition will be to work the greatest possible number of unique call signs, thus offering a possibility also to work little pistols and QRP stations. Activity will be on all bands using SSB and the digital modes. CW is not available on this activation. QSL manager is Julio CE3OP, direct in via the Bureau. Commemorating the famed Pacific Ocean Expedition The Norwegian adventurer Thor Heyerdahl made his world-famous voyage from Peru to French Polynesia aboard the Quantique in 1947. To prove his theory, he led a crew and set out on a balsa wood raft similar to those used in ancient times. The Contigi expedition used the amateur radio call sign LI2B-MM. Commemorating the 70th anniversary of the Contigi, a special event call sign OZ44C will be on the air from January to the end of December 2017. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. This is Roger Harrison VK2ZRH with news about the sporadic EDX season that provides some fun on 10 metres, 6 metres and 2 metres over summer. Last week I outlined a little of the propagation experienced on the amateur bands and the broadcast band interference that listeners get excited about and broadcasters complain of. I also explained how the thin, dense, horizontal clouds of iron and magnesium ions form at heights between about 90 and 130 kilometres. Next Wednesday, the 21st of December, is the summer solstice, otherwise known as the longest day of the year in the Southern Hemisphere. Why is this important for sporadic E? Well, the planetary waves I mentioned last week reach a peak occurrence around the summer solstice. Hence, so does the occurrence of sporadic E and the propagation it supports. Notice that I said around. The occurrence of sporadic E is different each summer season. No two years are the same. Sometimes it may be observed from year to year that sporadic E propagation occurs on particular days, but next year we'll confound that by not repeating the occurrence. Another common observation of sporadic E propagation is the often strong signals, really strong signals. It can appear that the station you're hearing 1,500 kilometres away is just down the street, but it seems unbelievable they're running 20 watts as they claim. The strong signal comes about for several reasons. First, ionospheric absorption on the bands from 10 metres on up is very low. Secondly, signals can be subject to what is known as ray path focusing. It's a curious thing, but the ES cloud can act much like a shaving mirror, 
focus signal ray paths into a small area where they come to ground at the skip distance. This focusing amplifies the signal strength. The corollary to that is that the area on the ground where the signal can be heard may be quite small, maybe only hundreds of metres to a kilometre or so across. You can hear someone in your neck of the woods working a DX station, but can't hear the DX yourself. That phenomenon has caused a few arguments on the air over the years. Of course, the ES cloud can also defocus the signal ray paths and cause the signal at the skip distance to become quite weak. QSB rules when it comes to sporadic EDX. As before, I have published an article about this online. Google signal strengths of VHF sporadic E propagation. The URL is in the text edition of the news. Don't forget the special event callsign VI2SYD75 will be on the air through to 31st December. Time slots for using it are still available. Check out the St George Club website, sgars.org. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Media Watch and seeking reliable backup communication in a crisis, emergency managers are finding new solutions in an old technology, ham radio. This was the basics in a TV story on the Fox network this week during their Fox Extra, where the original US advertising is replaced by stories when transmitted in VK. It's just another venue, another opportunity for us to be able to communicate, said the public safety captain with Emroy University Hospital Midtown. Emroy Healthcare is among a growing number of hospital systems adopting ham radio, particularly since Hurricane Katrina. Yep, you never just know when ham radio makes the mainstream media. To the Key News workbench, the Nuts and Volts report, Virtual Ham Radio Build-A-Thon. The Chertsey Radio Club in the UK are starting something new, a virtual build-a-thon run by their resident expert, Bob, Mike Six, Fox Lima Tango. And we can join them online via video conference to build the project. To become part of their virtual community, you just need your soldering iron and Skype. Each week for about 30 minutes, you'll be shown the next stage of building a project. You can then ask questions and show Bob how you're getting on. Chertsey Radio Club hope to make the very best use of the technology they have at their disposal to make this a fun and fully interactive event, as if you were there in the room with them. You are listening to VK1 WIA and the broadcast of news and information. At 10.30am and 8pm each Sunday, it is carried by the VK3BWI network through VK3RMM, Mount Macedon, VK3RML Mount Dandenong and VK3RMU on Mount St. Leonard. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. MacLogger DX version 6.06 has been released. Dog Park Software is pleased to announce that version 6.06 of MacLogger DX has been released. MacLogger DX is the Total Mac Ham Radio Assistant and Premier MacLogger. Organising and filtering the spots from your favourite DX cluster for DXing, casual contesting or rag chewing. It supports close to 100 radios, automatically tuning to the spots you're interested in and optionally swinging your beam around. 
alerting you to rare contacts on band openings and looking up and displaying on 2D, 3D and satellite maps and logging your contacts to a superfast SQL database. MacLogger DX can also text or email you when the bands are open or that rare DX spot is spotted. Awards tracking, band activity schedules, memories, QSL generation, ADIF import, export, EQSL, LOTW confirmations and much more. This is a free update for all version 6 customers. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, 18th Anniversary of Merce Bay Station SSTV. Monday, December the 12th, 2016, marked the 18th anniversary of the activation of the MER SSTV amateur radio system developed, which was transported and put aboard the MER space station. The MER SSTV system sent pictures over a period of about two years and four months to the delight of amateur radio operators and others worldwide. MER was deorbited in March 2001. For those interested in this historical event and background, the publication Amateur Television Quarterly, or ATVQ, Spring 2015 edition, has an article, How Did the Mer SSTV System Come Into Existence? Back issue copies of ATVQ containing the article are available via the link in the text edition of this WIA National News Service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. Youngsters use virtual ham radio. The ARRL reports emergency communication exercise used Hamsphere to introduce youth to virtual amateur radio. 50 students in Dominica were introduced to ham radio on November the 23rd in the form of a simulated emergency drill conducted via the virtual amateur radio platform Hamsphere. W1AW at ARRL headquarters monitored the exercise. Hamsphere is a virtual amateur radio transceiver available for iOS and Android devices. Under supervision, selected youth teams completed for speed and accuracy in a hurricane emergency communications drill, dubbed Hamnica 2016, while becoming familiar with the virtual version of amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio Cyclones, radio hams ready to assist. The Hindu newspaper reports that Sedini Yamini VU2YAM and her teams of radio amateurs are gearing up to assist the Nello district at Menestronia in the event of a cyclone. The newspaper says, following news that Cyclone Vada will cross the South Andhra Pradesh coast, the weather department issued an alert to fishermen and the Nello district administrations along the south coastal Andhra and asked Revenue, Panchat, Raj and Irrigation Department officials to remain in their headquarters and prepare for contingency measures. Sadinini Yamini, VU2YAM, a young entrepreneur from Gunter District, received a call from Nellore District Collector R. Matula Raju to keep her teams ready. Miss Yumini is a renowned amateur radio operator who is gearing up with her teams to assist the Nello District Administration in the event of cyclones hitting the district. Rewind, a look back at our history. The BBC report on the 95th anniversary of the first transatlantic shortwave reception between Greenwich, Connecticut and Scotland. The ARRL, Radio Society of Great Britain, RSGB, and the Radio Club of America, RCA, partnered in sponsoring the activity. The Greenwich Historical Society also participated. The BBC say, 
Len Paget from the Radio Society of Great Britain, GM0ONX, said the frequencies used for the transmission were thought at the time to be useless for long-distance communications and were given to radio experimenters as they thought they had little or no commercial value. The success of the experiments showed that transatlantic transmissions could have been achieved using shortwave frequencies with a power equivalent to that used by your toaster in the kitchen. He says that the successful test back in 1921 proved that worldwide communications could be achieved using shortwave. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting for WIA National News. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Very quiet on the ham radio social scene, maybe not in your personal life with Christmas fast approaching. However, let's have a look at the social scene 2017 and we kick it off in March 26, VK3 EMDRC Hamfest, Great Ryrie Primary School of Heathmont, April 28 to May 1 in VK4, Clareview Gathering, that's between Rockhampton and Mackay, and May 19, WIA AGM Handorf, just outside of Adelaide. Now till next we meet, walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.